0: Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast, supported by La Here with Benji, as always, for Stage Five of the Vuelta España. The stage, literally, no one was asking for another pure sprint stage. <laughs> Whoever designed this first week, holy, like for a climbers' race, having this many pure sprint stages, it's been it's been rough. Particularly Stage Two on the Sunday. I don't know how that went down. Anyway, 185 k's, pancake flat. Uh, intermediate sprint with like 63 k's to go no one was watching then and everyone just kept talking about crosswinds which is like cope in my opinion yes they turn at 30 k's to go they're on a highway the whole time today it looked like uae stage honestly and um yeah there was supposed to be strong enough wind there i guess but typical break benji um it's just that we've had every other sprint stage
1: Yeah, we've had uh, Asparen in the breakaway once again. Spoke about him a few days ago. Uh, He's that U23 time trial guy. Then we have uh, Polayo Sanchez, something like that. I'm talking this from my mind this time around. And uh, Lascano of Cajariral also in the breakaway. Of that breakaway, we had uh, Lascano hold on the longest. And, well, the gap from the breakaway to the peloton was actually quite noticeable. You had two minutes with like 30k to go. Usually they try and keep it at like one minute, but this was all because of the nervousness going into those last 30 kilometers like you mentioned. But hey, before that at 50k to go intermediate sprint, Phillipson taking uh, more points than the Mar there. So uh, a few people commented and asked how the point system works for the intermediate sprints. It's uh, 20 to 10 points scaled down from first to fifth in this race. So it's kind of like the Tour de France, but not as many people getting points basically. And uh, yeah, Phillipson and Mar to the uh, lowest two positions. So uh, I think like 13 and, and 10 or 11 and 10 points, something along the lines of that. But uh, that wouldn't give too much change in the uh, points classification because we know that the winner of today will likely hop over the other unless Jakobsen wins today and keeps the green. But hey, we were all waiting for the sprint. And uh, yeah, we can talk about the echelons as well. You know, the uh, one echelon that Cherny
0: pulled. <laughs> Is it an echelon if it's just the same peloton and no one gets gapped? It's so, an
1: attempt to an echelon.
0: Okay, he's tempted to create an echelon. There were no echelons created. It looked to me like he was just still doing his pace but just moved to the middle of the road and everyone <laughs> fanned out behind him. That's the thing. Even if the wind conditions are correct, if the strong teams who do have rulers just want to punch sprint, they're just going to really stay in front. I mean, it's not like Ineos didn't bring – Rowe or Kwiatkowski They've just got poor Dylan Van Baal doing a lot of that work at the moment. And, yeah, Quick Stephen Alberson weren't interested. I don't think it was up to really style. They got some decent rulers, but they weren't fast either. They saved their energy. Everyone stopped eventually about 12 to go. Everyone decided, all right, it's going to be a bunch of sprint. Chill out. Everyone's freewheeling. Yumbo move up the right-hand side. They go, move up the right-hand side, move to the left. It's going to be all calm, run to the finish. Peloton compresses. Huge crash. Like, Literally half the Peloton looks like goes down. I couldn't see what exactly happened, but I think it was Madsva Schmidt, Danish national chair, Mike clipped his front wheel on uh, a Kaha Rural guy's front a uh, back wheel, and then it was just everyone went yeah, down. Is, was, that, is that correct? Uh,
1: well, what I notice is that you one you have these riders that are trying to move up on the up on the right side of the road with their team. When uh, the peloton is leaning to the left side of the road, so Bora came up from the uh, right side of the road and decided to merge into the train at the front. And one of those wires merging in caused the Kaha rider to have to brake a tiny bit, and that tiny brake made the inattentive Matsport Schmidt ride right into the back. We love that rider. Yeah, I, I think you can't really blame the guy because these these crashes happen every single bloody day in cycling. So. But it's, it's just noticeable how the, such a crash happens so swiftly and how it can take down a half a peloton like that. And the victims were uh, a lot. And one GC rider that is very notable, Romain Bardet, losing a significant amount of time today. I think four plus minutes, although I don't know it by heart, but he was coming in together with Nieve and a Bora rider that were the biggest uh, victims. But also, once again, the Red jersey.
0: Yeah, Rain Tarmey went down two days in red. Two days he's crashed, neither of which were his his fault at all. Just a he didn't look banged up. It just looked like he had a mechanical, so he had to wait to get his bike, and that's what held him up. Whereas Bade his physically looks very bad, so we'll have to wait. We haven't got the news yet. He's obviously being checked now, whether he abandons or not or continues. But yeah, Bade very banged up. Tarame not he was pulling strongly. Intermarche took a long time to drop any teammates back it seemed like they only dropped yeah, them back with like six k, seven k's to go
1: yeah but i've also got the feeling that he's not a gc rider you know so
0: i don't know i don't oh, think they have come ha- on it, it's, it's tarame and red man come on dude tarame and red tomorrow is bigger than ricardo Menali coming eighth again in a sprint that's true but <laughs> uh, what do you mean it's I, don't a big they, deal. I don't <laughs>
1: think i don't think anton machin is trained for this
0: <laughs> Maybe not. Well, They're not used to being in this position. Archie <laughs> Grace in Norway is anything to go by. But yeah, I mean, it, would, it, it probably wouldn't have mattered anyway, to be honest. It's just he was riding on his own for qu- quite a while. Like it took a long time for them to drop yeah. back to him, uh, which I thought was surprising. Like Dane Grant Tour's jersey, Leaders' jersey a fair bit. But uh, to be honest, it was so close to the finish. Everyone's, it's like 10Ks to go. They really weren't racing that hard. Everyone did pretty much put the brakes on because we saw Movistar had almost their whole team caught up. With Bala, I saw uh, for certain, he yep. they got back very, very, very quickly. Uh, so obviously the pace wasn't on at the front, and then eventually like they have to at some point start pacing at like five, six k's to go.
1: Yeah, but Bahrain was the first team that team to do it for me, and I was like, why is Bahrain the first one to do it? I didn't get that. There's no reason for them
0: to do it. Because Lander gets nervous and wants to stay at the front is the answer. Probably. That's... That is the reason. But um, then it was eventually, you see this every seen this every sprint stage, everyone can pace as much as they want. At the end of the day, it's going to be Dylan van Baal bringing Egan Bernal up one and two wheels over the three-kilometer-go marker. He's done it so well. He did. They did it well at UAE Tour as well, I think. Uh, with Ganna so yeah Bernal always seems to be in front except I guess Burgos where he crashed uh, but yeah just a shame to see Tarameh basically losing the jersey yep. whatever the outcome of this sprint and Alperson better lead out today I thought they had their numbers and their riders all, all together it was Dukernik who well, how would you rate the Dukernik lead out so far this tour Benji it's, it ain't no it ain't no Seneschal, Mervko, Lampart uh, sort of quality lead out to what we saw at the tour I think it's been a bit Average for Jakobsen, to be honest. Yeah, it's been a bit chaotic to
1: say the least. And it feels like Jakobsen has to do a lot alone. The stage when he had yesterday, he had to move up in a corner himself. It wasn't a rider that brought him to the front of the race. He had a rider bringing him to a position that he needed to be in to move up in the inside corner. But yeah, like compared to Merku, who would actually control basically the outcome of the entire race, because a Merku would be near the front and I feel like they spent Cherny a lot in those echelons, and they kept on riding in, well, the echelon attempt, sorry. I keep calling it echelons, but it was a, was a single file peloton. And uh, we had uh, a lot of energy spent there. Perhaps he could have been more useful in the last few kilometers, could have been an extra rider to keep to get the Koenig at the front. They tried to come up on one side of the peloton, but I feel like Alpecin just cut them off right on time. For Alperson to take a corner first, and that's how Philipson was basically like in second position ideally in the last kilometer, and I'll let you lead the rest in.
0: Yeah, it's the same thing we've seen happening in previous stages. Phillipson, yes, he is on the front a little bit early. He is, yeah. just like DeMar was the other day. But the problem for Fabio Jakobsen is he has in between him and Philipson and Van Leeuwen didn't didn't bring him anywhere, to be honest. Um because I'm looking at a shot at 800 meters front on Van Leberg is yep. not not bring him up. He's got Milano, Matthews, Tineze, all between him and Phillipsen. And the problem is when Phillipson jumps, which super well, it's weird. The FDJ lead out, Damar kind of got squeezed, or everyone moved over onto Guarnieri's wheel, and then DeMar was in no man's land again. Phillipson switched on and switched off jakobsen has got those guys on philipson's wheel philipson jumps admittedly early he swings to the left he's got Dainese on his wheel they they let the wheel go just a little bit they're never getting over him so for jacobson to actually contest this he's got to come around them and then move up you know five six bike lengths in the wind not able to philipson holds on with a really really long sprint impressive from him and yeah Jakobsen comes second it's I did say it was good to see these guys are going back and forth, each winning stages. Jakobsen yesterday, I think the Alveson lead-out was better today. I think it's better, the best lead-out in this race, FDJ. Yeah, what did you see from DeMar, Benji? Because he's come 10th. Like, it's it's not just, oh, he's close. Like, at least yesterday he was close. What happened again today? I feel like
1: whenever we see DeMar this year, not last year, but this year, with a train, and his train isn't able to bring him to a perfect position, he doesn't end near the front of a race. And perhaps this is because if the victory is not there, he's just not sprinting for it. If he's in eighth position, what well, what's the point to spend energy on a, on a final sprint that you know you can't win if you're a sprinter like Demar who has won stages in, in Grand Tours a lot. So uh, I think that's part of it. I think if he keeps on going, he could end seventh or a for something, but why would he care? And next to that, it feels like his train is falling apart in this version today. Now I feel like there was another rider that used the Mars train better than the Mars train did himself, and that was Dainese, who followed the third rider ahead of the Mars into a perfect position. He followed him when uh, you mentioned that one of the uh, Groupama riders went out the front for a bit. And the other two couldn't really follow with Damar because he was a bit behind. Well, Dainese jumped on that front rider and used that rider to get to the wheel of Philipson on the right side. And that's how Dainese is able to get into the perfect position before this sprint as well, finishing third on this one. So once again, a good sprint by him.
0: Yeah, so obviously Appleson got it right this time. It was interesting to see how... I don't know, just how Philipson is so calm at switching on and off wheels at the moment and how everyone's, I guess, not got the snap before the final sprint to actually jump onto a wheel. And yeah, the way he's surfing wheels at the moment, he's got a lot of confidence, Philipson, and... I guess the difference in the Tour de France is there's not that opportunity. It was like quick step on front, you're sitting on cab, can't come over the top of him. Uh, before I read out the top 10, another word, our uh, show partner, La Col, who produced performance cycling apparel, they've just announced an extension to their deal with Drops La Col, the con, uh, Women's cycling team, which is hoping to move up to world tour level soon, extending that partnership until the end of 2023. If you want to use our discount code LR Vuelta20, that's LR Vuelta20 all caps. You can get 20% off all Lacole items, even if they're already discounted at ww.lacol.cc. Uh, but otherwise, PNG. He's a top 10. Philipson, Jakobson, Dianese, Milano, Alagat, Aberastri, Meus Minali, Van Rensburg, De Mano, Michael Matthews. He's in the group. It came 25th. Not sure what happened. Maybe he got caught behind in the crash. Rain Tarame loses the jersey, unfortunately, and Kenny Alessandra takes it by default because he was in the break the other day. Um, who else was in the break with them? Dombrowski. Was, yeah. he, was he caught up in the crash as well? Like how... Yeah, Dombrowski was caught up in the crash. So Kenny Alessandra takes the Vuelta leaders jersey because he was in the break the other day. It's got, he's got a five-second gap on Roglic. That is going to be very difficult to keep uh, after tomorrow's stage, which is the first, especially the puncher's pure sprint stage. It's 160Ks downhill and then pancake flat on the coast, and then they do a 2k 8.7% climb the Alto de la Montana de Collera. It is steep in about 500 meters. In it's 12% for 500 meters, 6%, 7% at the start, 12% for 500 meters, 9% for 500 meters, and 7%. It is screaming. Roglic to me. And Pidcock, I had for the stage in the preview. I'm, I'm going away from Pidcock. I've lost faith, Benji, given he said he's been, yeah, he's been not on the bike too much. I'm going with Roglic and Balá top three. I
1: think Roglic is a good option, certainly. I think that Pidcock is likely still going to try, I feel like it. Or don't you think that he's going to try? What's your
0: take on that? I think is he, he not going to try or try. is he not going to do well? He might try, but I don't think his legs will, you know… Like even if he's on top top form, you still probably take Roglic like as the favorite. So with that little two percent, three percent that he might be off, uh, yeah, I gotta go with Roglic.
1: When it comes to other riders that I see doing decent here, I'm curious whether uh, Simmons will top five on this one. I don't know <laughs> no, how right. good Simmons is on this on, on this finish. I want to know how good Simmons is on this finish. <laughs> Ah, oh, come on. No shot. Uh, I'm curious what Groschartner does on a finish like this. I find it difficult to believe that he can uh, be Roglic on a finish like this, certainly, but also looking for a top five position. Like he He's done decent on a finish like this back in uh, var, just after Moloma, but Moloma is not exactly the, uh, the best puncher in the world. So, uh, well, actually, aren't they teammates? What am I saying? I'm probably <laughs> saying the wrong race, but anyway, I'll just continue talking.
0: <laughs> Otherwise, I could do well. I don't know. Ah. Shackman, he's been pretty mm. banged up. Shackman, um, he's like crashed a couple of times. I really it, this stage shows like we said it numerous times. Israel's Start Nation shouldn't have sent one of Martin Woods to the Tour de France, and there would have been a big chance for this stage. Uh, like Martin beat. Roglic well, in an uphill sprint last year. I'm, I'm very, very surprised that... Neither is, of those two were sent. if you know that
1: your name is Roglic and you see this finish, you're no way in hell going to put your team <laughs> at the front. Which bloody team is going to pace knowing that this finish fits Roglic?
0: I don't know. That's that's the big question. is why we talk-
1: Ramburu, I bet you.
0: <laughs> why are we talking about... Uh, GC favourites when again as been you know as you mentioned Jumbo Visma don't want the red jersey because to, you know stage seven very difficult to control it's 152ks of medium mountain all day with a climb of 9k six percent in the first 10ks which has like steep sections at the beginning do they with Roglic only on five seconds yeah, they're like, well, if we go there, she's just going to have to sprint and he's going to beat Kenny. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> I don't know. That's a really good point, Benji. So maybe maybe we'll see a break. I don't know. It'd be That'd be a pretty it big It looks breakdown. just a
1: weird parkour to have a breakaway win, but the team dynamics feel like I don't know if anybody's going to be interested to pace on a stage like this, knowing the kind of competition they have, unless their name is Movistar and they still believe in Volverde on a finish like this.
0: Movistar should pace. They should because, like Valverde, no, it's like when Albasin paced in the Tour de France on a sprint stage or sent a rider up to pace. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you're not the favorite, but if you don't pace, you can't win. You only have yeah. so many stages that suit your riders. Valverde is maybe someone like, in the breakaway. Yeah, well, maybe I doubt it. But Valverde's got ten, fifteen percent chance of winning. Still decent. Like it's still, an, you, you miss all the shots you don't take. Uh, Otherwise, yeah, Chicano. Rob Stannard? No, nah, too, too hard. hard. Too hard? Too um, I liked Pitcock, Nut of Ice, Knox. Did not Knox do well at Flesh, Benji?
1: No, Knox will not do this.
0: Bagioli? He doesn't
1: have that punch.
0: What about Andrea Bagioli? He's a bit of a dark horse. He didn't climb yeah, up the other day.
1: The problem with Bagioli is that he's performed well across his career so far, but it's always been in the type of like. Flats or false flat uphill sprints, and not necessarily the punchy climbs after a rougher parkour. Like, for example, Tour de Lain last year, I think, wasn't there a stage where he uh, was relatively good at? I vaguely remember something like that. Yeah, he won the first stage. That's okay. the one I mean. Yeah. The one uh, just ahead of uh, Roglic on a finish that is not like this, but there was a hill and then a flat section to the line. And then this year, once again, Tour de Lain, I think the last stage. I recall him getting second in that, but that was more of an uh, offensive stage where they decided to attack each other, the one Storer won. So, I don't know. Uh I'd have to see it to believe it, to have Bajoli win this one, but I'd be curious to see it. I'd love to see uh, kind of uh, a Von Savenant move, but there's no way in hell I- <laughs> that, he's- that he's doing this.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'd love yeah. it, but... Bahrain is interesting. interesting. Breaking, yeah. Like Bahrain, Tratnik, is it too hard? Hague is good at uh, sort of age flesh sometimes. So I don't know. They're I don't believe going. it. Yeah, they're going for London. I don't know. Probably will be a break when our hearts will be broken once again. But that's enough on this stage in the preview of tomorrow. We'll, uh, yeah, thoughts and uh, tears for Rain Tarameh denied another day in the red jersey. And we'll see you the recap of the stage tomorrow. Thanks, Lukov, for scoring the show. Ciao.